99% of people say that family is the most important thing in their life. Yet, building a harmonious family can be a challenge to many of us. So many questions we have no answers to. In this podcast, I, Nevena Bajalac, Dubai's number one harmonious family expert and coach, author and speaker, interview parents around the globe so you can hear the real stories, experiences and struggles parents face. Every guest will, will share with us a unique discovery about parenting, something that nobody told them about. And I will also share with all of you unique tools, strategies that you can use to enjoy parenting more and building that harmonious family you have dreamed about. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the new episode of Building a Harmonious Family with Nevena Bajalat. And today, my guest is Rosa. And Rosa has been here in Middle East for seven years already, but originally she's from UK. And she's a mother of three and a half year old daughter and also a founder of Sociate. It's a PR and marketing agency based in Dubai. And she's been running her successful business for five years now. And I'm very excited and um, happy and grateful to welcome Rosa to my show so she can share with us how her parenting journey went so far, uh, what are maybe some struggles and challenges she had and how she balanced her work and having successful business and being a mother at the same time. So Rosa, welcome to the show and thank, uh, you, thank you for taking the time. No, it's lovely to be here with you today. Thank you for inviting me. So, Rosa, I would like, first of, you, uh, first of all, just to have you share your journey a little bit in the last almost four years being a mom and maybe some things before you were a mom, how you felt, did you felt prepared, uh, prepared enough and just share your journey with us. Sure, no problem. So I actually come from a family of owned businesses and one of my mom's businesses is actually childcare. So I have been, if you like, surrounded by children since I was about eight years old. Um, so when I was eight, her, her summer, summer club, her holiday club, she used to pay me 20 pence an hour to be there, but I absolutely loved it. So I was always there for all 10 hours of, of the day, if you like, but more out of love than anything else. Um, so I've always been and surrounded by children and, and love children. That being said, I'm, I'm kind of a career girl, so I don't really think that I, I wasn't super excited about starting a family. I was like, I would like to start one, but I, I wasn't one of these kind of mums that's like, I've got to get into this now. So in that sense, my first baby was actually my business. So the business, as you say, is now five years old, which is great. Um, I refer to it as my first baby because it really did control my life for those years before Ada came along. Um, I was only a kind of a year and a half into it when I got pregnant. And when I look at pregnancy and working, and of course, working for yourself in like the infancy of a business, I was lucky with my pregnancy because pregnancy was kind to me other than tiredness. So I've never experienced tiredness like it. I know a lot of people are nodding along. And I remember on numerous occasions, of course, my parents are in the UK. So family here is only my husband. Um, I rang my mum at one day just in tears of tiredness. And I was like, I'd just driven back from Abu Dhabi. I think I was only about four months pregnant. But in, in all, I was just like, how? And the amount of people that say, oh, it's, gonna, it's 
preparing you for later but when the baby arrives and I was like oh my goodness like what am I doing so I, I I didn't love pregnancy but I didn't hate it for for the reasons that many people do I was lucky I wasn't sick or anything like that but I continued to work right up until I think it was about 38 and a half weeks and my mum came out and she said enough work at home if you want to work at home but you're not going anywhere like now is the time to kind of regroup um, and in that, when uh, Ada came along, I found I actually completely was not ready to be a mom, if I'm being honest. And I think a lot of people say, oh, you'll just fall naturally into it. I found it quite difficult. I did have time off work, but I found the first three months in the nicest possible way, quite traumatic, <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that. And I know some people, I was think, oh, am I, am I? But that's honesty. Like, I found it quite hardcore. I thought that I would be able to put this small bundle of joy into my very um, scheduled lifestyle. Oh, well, that doesn't happen, does it? But nobody prepares you for that. And I think I'd only ever really been met by, oh, it's the most wonderful time. Are you, you're going to love it. Nobody really, nobody really ever said anything to me that said it's really hard work, like harder than anything you'll ever. I hadn't really heard that side. And when Ada was three months old, I went back to the UK and my best friend there, I said, I was like, Faye, why didn't you tell me? And she was like, because you'd never have wanted to do it. But it is wonderful, isn't it? And I was just like, but why didn't you tell me about it? So I really did struggle, which, um, which was interesting. But once I hit that three month hurdle and, and, and so forth, things started to find some kind of course I guess as they do um, and now she's three the last year I've loved not being hit and told that she doesn't like me and all those things I mean I've just picked her up from school and she was like mommy I don't like you and I said why <laughs> well, you didn't bring me anything and I was like oh dear like I'm, I'm at that kind of an, another another awful stage but another wonderful stage she's, she's got a bit of character but she's just like me apparently my mom said so I, I'm just reliving it what my mom had all those years ago <laughs> oh i love your honesty and that's why i have this podcast that's why i want to interview real parents because really everybody have a periods that are more difficult and some parents consider beginning like you said a shock and mm -hmm. i think we are not prepared um you know even myself i studied i literally in person watch everything from c-section deliveries everything for so many years but i know when you're going through every pregnancy and everything with uh, you know even second child third child can be different you can be emotionally different place mm -hmm. um, and there is a it's it's difficult on our bodies as well our bodies are changing hormones um and now like you said you have a schedule and now you have to organize things completely different but i think we we need there to just accept that life is going to change right and accept that okay things are going to be different and there are going to be a lot of struggles but it doesn't necessarily mean i don't have to perceive it as a negative thing which is yeah. sometimes difficult <laughs> yeah this is true but it i think yeah, take some time just to, to accept and adjust. Yeah. And Ada was also very poorly when she was very small. So the, the other thing, because I'm yet to have child number two yet, she says, like it might maybe uh, um, happen, um, is that because she, she was so poor, she literally didn't sleep for more than 20 minutes for about three weeks. And, and then we kind of eventually we worked out kind of what was wrong with her and so forth. But I kind of I definitely think I turned into a bit of a um, a crazy person during that time and my husband certainly would say I did um, and I remember one evening I think I'd done enough of 
of the nights and he said like you sleep in the spare room I'm going to do tonight and she had literally she would wake up every literally every 20 minutes and I got to the point where I had it on a on the notes on my phone it was like 202 woke up like I got at the end of each night I was like this and I'm kind of rocking in, in my in my sleep so to speak and I go downstairs and he'd be like ah, how was last night and I'm like she she didn't sleep she didn't sleep um, and then he did his night and and she woke up once <laughs> like the entire the entire night honestly and I, and then I kind of now I understand that a lot of people they, like they feed from us and our emotions and I was so het up with oh she has to sleep she has to yeah so I remember I was, and he's, yeah, yeah, she woke up once and he just looked all fresh faced. And this was at 6am and he said, I'm just going to go and have a nap before work. I was like, you, you pardon me? Like, and I remember that night so vividly because I was like, but I get up all night, every night she woke up once and you're going back to bed. Like, funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I love that you reflected on that because we have to be aware that really our emotions are reflecting our children. And especially as a mother, especially when they're so young, how we feel. And if we feel anxious and nervous, we kind of need to learn to let go of it, but we just, it starts piling up. Like you said, like one night, second night, then it's three weeks and you're so tired and frustrated and actually you separating for a little bit and having your husband who is in more peace, the child slept better. And it's really true. It's incredible. And I witnessed this so many times. I used to be um, managing nurseries. I was a teacher before for many years. And I know we had children who would come to a nursery and they would settle so easy. And then some would struggle for weeks. And I could really see a relation between parent being anxious for leaving them, feeling guilt, or when parent is relaxed, how this really helped the child as well. Because then the child felt, okay, there is nothing wrong because my mom is feeling good about this. Yep. So really, yeah, I love I loved, uh, this chat because I think it's so important that we become aware. Of mm -hmm. course, usually we don't have the tools to switch our emotions. And this is something I work with families on and with parents because we need actual tool to know what to do when we feel this way and how we can relax, how we can be less anxious um, and so on. But what are some other things that you found um, that nobody told you before about parenting and you discovered it? The, one of the biggest ones that I kind of, or I've been told if you like, but I kind of recommend so much, but not to, oh, let me try and phrase it well. So I'd, re I'd read a million books before I became a mom and all about routine and, and these kind of things. I'd, I'd kind of read them so much so that it was like, oh God, this is confusing me. And, and again, for somebody that quite likes structure and routine in my day-to-day -day stuff, I was like, well, how am I going to apply this? And um, so although I'd been told it and I'd read it, like putting the routine in place. And for me, that routine was bath time. And it's something that I stand by even now. And she's three and a half. She doesn't stay up late because that's that was always one of my things. Yes, she gets up very early in the morning, but at nighttime, I'm like, it's adult time for me. Like I need brain space. Even even now when I've been at work, I go home and I'm, I'm mom for kind of two hours, but then I'm like, right, okay, I need evening and, and stuff like that. So bath time was something we started when she was very small and we like created a routine around it. And it means that even now she's in bed by seven and it's lovely. And she's a much happier child for it. Whereas I think in the first few weeks, I was kind of struggling like which routines, what, oh, I had so many of them, and especially then when there's feeding and everything like that. But for me, the bath time one and, and that nighttime routine, and also for as parents, like that kind of, um, that evening time that's not children is wonderful. 
And I always remember um, we went on holiday when she was about she was just over one to Cyprus. And at night time, we would feed her in the room at 6.30. We'd go for a walk and come back to the restaurant. And Stuart and I would just sit there and eat it. Like she'd be up the corner over this like kind of light cloth over her um, pram. And I'd see many other families and it's no disrespect to them, but they're, they're still managing their child and, and similar ages at that time of night. And, and in those times I was like looking at my husband going, this is just us. Like, the, like she's in, she was in such a good routine and early, early sleeper that in those days we still had a little bit more time. So I guess that's something that I, I couldn't really appreciate the value of routine and still some of it like we struggled to stick to and did. But the nighttime bit, once I'd nailed that, I thought it was amazing. And it's not just about, I mean, I am, I'm totally agreeing with you. And this is something that I work with families so much to understand that you need to have time for yourself. You need to recharge. And, but on the other hand, this is the healthiest sleep for a child from 7 to 10 p.m. It's the healthiest sleep they can get. Even us, we should be in bed from t at least 10, right? So this is the healthiest from 10 to midnight. It's very healthy sleep. And um, I think, uh, like you said, um, unfortunately, there is no judgment or anything like that but a lot of families and i'm seeing here in the middle east with culture being different a lot of families um, you know they're they're used to staying late at night like as a family um and they have their you know traditions and things like that so they also transfer this to children and we can see you know children at sometimes 11 p.m you will walk and you will see them also being with the children so um there is no judgment there. It's just, I believe we have to really share and spread the awareness of how important it is that children go to bed early because it really yeah. is going to affect their mood, their development, their health and uh, their behavior, like you can say. And then on the other side, what's so important is that you nurture your relationship with your partner. You have your grown up time. You can meet your friends. So then you're going to be happy in, in all areas, which is the point yeah, because parenting is just one area that you have oh, that, that's that's awesome and i love that you shared so what is something i want to ask you is there anything at this point of time what is the biggest struggle you have with three and a half year old now that she's three and a half what is the biggest struggle you're experiencing um the the the, the temper tantrums that come from nowhere absolutely nowhere and um, so I kind of terrible twos everyone talks about and I was kind of coming to the end of that or the end of it in in calendar year if you like or in birth year and my friend said well haven't you heard of three nagers and I was like no three nate like I'm like it, can't, it gets better now she's come out of that and 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 now I get it like I'm I'm four months into the three four five months into the the, the three to four age and I'm like oh yeah and she will just throw a tantrum for no reason whatsoever. Um, but I did read a great article and it, it explained, cause she's, she's gorgeous for my husband and, and my nanny a little bit more like me, but my, Stuart, she's absolutely amazing for. And it said that children, um, when they see their mom, they're allowed to be themselves. They're allowed to let everything go. And I experience it every day when I pick her up from school. Stuart will pick her up from school. She's lovely. She gets in the car, they chat on the way home. I pick her up. And she just like for that, like 15 minutes before we get home, she's exploded. She's cried. She's kicked a chair. She's tried to hit me from the back of like, and it's like everything just gets let, let out and it's her version of it. So after reading the article, I understand it a little bit more because we're the safe space. Um, exactly. 
but yeah, the, the, the tantrums, but I, I always have to smile to myself when I, uh, I mean, she has many, let's, let's face it. She's a girl and she's, she's three. So that, that's kind of part of it, but she's in the supermarket and people give me that look, like, can't you control your child? And I'm like, you definitely don't have children. Like you have no, because any other mom like looks at you, like I, I feel your pain as she's <laughs> on the floor kind of rolling around. And I'm like, I, I can stay here all day. No problem. Like, <laughs> so yeah. Definitely yeah, I, I was just talking on my webinar recently, we were talking about this and a lot of parents are, what, what they're doing when this tantrum happens, they're mostly focusing on other people judging them. So you will give a child something, let's say they want a candy or they want a toy in the supermarket, which doesn't bring results. You have to, you have to know your why and you have to really not care what other people think. Because like you said, uh, when you have children, when you work and you're around children, you know how they behave and you know that every child will go through these phases and it's just the fate even us we went through that when we were children so yeah uh, i think those people who are judging you are usually people who don't have children who haven't been through it and you um, all parents listening i'm just saying you shouldn't care but you need to have uh, you you need to have your goal and idea of what is that you want to achieve with the child? Like what is that you want them to learn from this situation? And um, yeah, I mean, they do have this. And like you said, a family and home, that's why we are struggling now with homeschooling as well, because home is a safe place for them. It's the place where they can just be who they, uh, you know, want to be. If they want to, you know, when we come home, we want to take off our clothes and put our legs on the table and just relax. So it's same for the children. And we are also their their safe zone and that's why they will follow for example their teachers they're going to eat better when teachers tell them to eat and other people then they will do with us especially with mothers because we have this relationship so i think we have to a little bit reduce this expectation that our children should always listen and follow and just accept it um and um and just learn emotionally how to deal with it yeah. My brother actually uh, took my daughter out when I was back last time. And I said, I was like, Ada, be, be good for Uncle A, be good for Uncle A. And anyway, she was like, yes, yes. And I was like, oh, I hope, and I said to my mom, I said, I mean, he's equally worked with children. But I said, oh, I hope she's well behaved. He came back and he said she was delightful. The entire day she was complete. And then I was like, why is she not like that with me? And he said, you'd rather she was like that with me though than the other way around like as in like when she is at school she gets in the last few weeks glowing reports when I go and collect her lovely for her uncle so I'd rather she was not like that with them and was like it with me as well (laughs) I like that also perceiving it's it it is true it is true because we can see the side of them and you know they can release their negative emotions and frustration with us but then she's obviously really polite and know how to behave so you did a great job so what is some of the advice you would like to give to parents uh, who are listening anything that you would from your now experience that you would like to share so they can benefit um i think the biggest one is don't put pressure on yourself i think there's a there's such a lot of pressure around the first few years like we're just saying to do everything the way the textbook says so or other people's expectations and you know what no two days are the same so work out what works for you and if it works for you roll with it um and not every day is going to be a a bed of roses with, with children and small children but like work out what works for you and the pressure that society puts like just just a 
work out how to kind of ignore it or to look at it constructively, I guess that would be one thing. Um, and then the, the other one, just as a general thing, and my mom has said it to me for years, the most precious gift you can give is time. And I'm very, very passionate about that. And that's the one thing as we sit here in September, 2020, that I'm very thankful for of 2020 is the time or the time it gave me back with Ada because I was very quick to, I'd, I'd always be the one that dropped her at nursery and picked her up from nursery and the weekends were the weekends, but I was always rushing in at six o'clock and I've said she goes to bed half six, seven. So I'd get that last bit of the half an hour. I'd very rarely eat dinner with her unless it was the weekend. In the morning I was rushing out somewhere and it gave me that, actually we have breakfast together as a family. We were able to have lunch together. Like, yeah, that, that's a little bit far-fetched now. And now normality resumes. But now I make sure, um, and one of my team members said to me today, she said, oh, what time are you leaving? I said, oh, just before five. Because dinner time's five. And we, we eat dinner together now as a family. And I don't need to work till six o'clock. Like, so, so time and giving that, that thing back, or the giving time back, rather, is, is true. Because it's it's about time it's about and in a world where technology has taken over many aspects of um, a child's youth just time without those kind of things is important perfect i love it and it's true i think 2020 taught us so many lessons what is actually important in our life what is not and uh, we think now working from home so many us and being able to have more flexibility with really positively change our lives because we were in such a speed we were in such a hurry that you know we and we actually i believe that we globally maybe caused all of this because we wanted to stay with our family we wanted to have more time we wanted options right because we just realized uh, globally that oh you know this is not working we are not seeing our children we are tired we are, don't have time as for family and family is the most important at the end of the day for all of 100%. us. So Rosa, I want to just thank you so much for being here and sharing your journey with us. So many parents will benefit and I'm going to make sure to put a link so everybody can connect uh, with you and reach out for your, uh, what, what you do in detail and get your website. And thank for you very much. Lovely. Thank you for being here. And for everybody listening, I hope this was beneficial for you and I will see you in the next episode.